yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Break Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the potty mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, baby. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm feeling like um a diamond encrusted black man. <laughs> That's how I feel today. A diamond encrusted black man. I mean, we 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 said this to our guest. Um, we were very excited about this one. Yeah. You had the... Foresight. The, the foresight. The sight the, beyond sight. Right? You had the sight beyond sight. You 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 did that Thundercats thing, right? Come on. And you said to me, Summit, it would be really good to get pen and pixel. And I, I did my thing. I did my fight. You know, I did my little investigative reporting. Yeah, your little voodoo science. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I found know. I found Sean, and he was like, "Yeah, absolutely, come on." And and I and it was just sadly I wanted to get Sean earlier, but because of just how much we've been booking people, and we just didn't have the time to get him on earlier because it would have been great to get him earlier. The flex, um, the flex. No, but it's not a flex. It's the, <laughs> the <truth>. schedule flex. <laughs> Um, Flex Hogan. Um, no, um, is that your new alias? No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's not. That's hard you, though. Tell, no, no, no. I'll tell you why later. Okay. Um, but we've got Sean mm. from Pen and Pixel. Mm. Him and his brother Aaron mm. have impacted the culture in ways that very few have. Bullets falling from the sky. Come on, man. This. These are guys who. This is creativity at its highest. Yes, sir. Right. Like mm. they, they, they are responsible for a generation of people growing up wanting to have a lifestyle that yes. they helped p- produce and portray in their album covers. Gordy, they, outrageous, but aspirational at the same time. Absolutely. And, you know, we bought those. I bought vinyl. We bought cassettes. We bought CDs I, I, purely I, I, based I, off I, the... I, I didn't buy vinyl and cassettes. I bought CDs, but go ahead. Okay, fine. I'm just saying, I'm, that's why I... Rah, bro. That's why I encapsulated all of it, right? Jesus. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but we, the point is, is we bought all of those, you know, pieces of music based on the album covers. Absolutely. Think, yeah. think, think, think about Breaking Atoms as a as a podcast album cover. It's there to to excite. It's there to get um, a response. The Pen and Pixel album covers did the exact same thing there were a story in itself and it made you want to look and see the reflection and where what you know what's happening here and that credit to sean and his brother aaron for doing that and i'm just glad we got him on the podcast we 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 um we, we're doing things like we're um things. like big bear doing things <laughs> we're doing things <laughs> doing this things is, this is sean pen and pixel breaking atoms check it out It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. This is one we've been looking forward to for a long time. If we could have done it on the day I hit you, Sean, I would have done it right there and then. We would have done it right there and then. I'm going to be honest with you. But we have um, on the podcast, in the presence of greatness, someone, uh, him and his brother, very much impacting the culture of rap, Southern rap to be be exact. 
there's so, there's a plethora there's tens of thousands of album covers these guys did and and they had such an impact uh that even today 21 savage brought them out of retirement to do his latest album we're talking about pen and pixel sean from pen and pixel welcome to the breaking atoms podcast thank you so much for having me how are you doing come on let's talk let's, let's 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 get the easy questions out of the way before we start delving into album work how are you doing <laughs> doing well keeping busy good good um just to kick off like we'll go right to the beginning how did um how did pen and pixel start and what was the kind of the meaning behind the company name so so as most people probably know by reading through some of the articles out there uh my brother and i my brother was the first one to actually uh get into the rap game uh by joining um james smith out in uh um houston with the rap a lot records and it was a very much of an infant infantile company at that time beginning off with this whole thing of coming out with gangster rap, which of course, when you talk about, uh, you know, two live crew going through the battle that they did with first amendment rights and how are we going to ever get this stuff out into the mainstream. And my brother was business manager of uh, rap a lot and rap a lot obviously was right on the cusp of that with Royal flush, the ghetto boys, MC choice, Jay Prince. I mean, all these, you know, all these, all these got Raheem. So they were all started that. Um, and then eventually what happened was they were, they were blowing up. They got a couple of really good hits, a couple of platinums, and uh, they needed more staff with a little bit more experience. And I'm not going to say that I really brought the experience. I kind of learned on the job, shall we say. Um, but they needed someone to handle a little bit more of their marketing internally. And my brother said, well, you know, you've got a graphic design degree. You've been doing graphic design for a while. You've worked out in New York City. You know, why don't you come out here and give it a shot? What do you have to lose? And I was like, absolutely, let's give it a shot. So I came out and I worked for my brother. I worked for James Smith. I worked for the Ghetto Boys. Um, I worked for all those guys. And uh, one thing developed into the next. And uh, we eventually went computer. Before that, it was all done by hand and Xerox machine. Hard to believe, but. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing yeah. goes one thing goes from one thing to the next. How many people did Pen and Pixel employ at the peak, and what were some of the key roles across the company? So Pen and Pixel, Pen and Pixel was really an interesting interesting company because I, I like to try to compare it to like an iceberg. Okay, so you had you had the the, the parent company, which was Pen and Pixel Graphics which was the face of the company, which everybody knew, oh, they generated graphics, they dealt with these clients, they had, this, they had this persona and this image out there. And then you had five other companies underneath that, which were the remaining aspects of that, of that iceberg. Pen and Pixel fed down to all those other companies. In turn, those other companies generated actually most of the income for Pen and Pixel. It wasn't the artwork that generated the major amount of income for Pen and Pixel. It was the other, the other aspects of the company. We had a mastering lab, we had CD replication, we had a printing facility, we had a videography studio, um, and we had a photo studio as well. So all of those entities paid into Pen and Pixel, and that's how that's how it, it came. And it, the total amount of employees was 27 at our peak. Uh, we had five designers specifically designed just for assembling album covers. And we had one artist, his sole responsibility was sketching. Okay. He was running so many covers that he was busy eight hours a day just sketching. Right, right. So essentially you were like a one-stop shop. If, if I'm an artist and I need artwork, CDs pressed up, video, photography, you could do it all. All of it. All the way okay. down to setting up your distribution deals, 
all the way down to security, limos, wow. hotels, setting concert venues, getting you hooked into concert venues as opening acts. So all of those little benefits would kick in once you became a pen and pixel client, then that door would open and you'd wow. be like, wow, yeah. Okay. So if we, if we stick with the artwork just for a bit now, so let's say I roll into pen and pixel, this is like 99, right? I'm on cash money, right? In my head, I'm in cash money. I'm, I'm the fifth hot boy. Okay. What artwork package or what are the different artwork packages that you would, you would offer me? Like what, what would be the, the, um, the offering and what could I select from? So at that level, at a cash money level, at a three, six mafia level, at a no limit level, you would already be coming in at custom level. Okay. Right. So we had custom, we had super custom, and then we had basically ridiculous. So you're coming in at a custom level, custom level would get you probably 15 to 20 layers in Photoshop. It would get you the blinged out patented type. Um, and it would get you the photo shoot would be included in that. Um, and then all of the other panels. So your main CD artwork, it would be a poster cover 18 by 24, a poster cover 24 by 36, your tray cover and your internal panels, okay? If you wanted to add on to that, you could add on merchandising panels, you could add on flats, you could add on a whole nother sort of setup, but that's the level of artwork that you would start at. Okay, so you've just said, um, you mentioned the blinged out um, cover, right? So right. are you saying to me, the artists that didn't have the blinged out covers didn't pay? for the big package? Not necessarily. There are okay. some artists who actually did not want that. They wanted something else, okay? For example, if you look at Big Bear, which of course is a very famous, iconic one. So Big Bear, great guy and really easy to work with. And he came in with an idea and we just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it to the point of, he didn't want the blinged out text. I was like, well, let's keep with the theme of bears and let's make the text out of dripping honey. And he's like, of, of course. And I said, I've never done that before, but I'll certainly try. And that's how many of those covers developed is by that trial and error type thing. And we worked on it and it worked out and he loved it. And that's the main thing. Yeah, iconic, iconic cover. Um, me and my friends actually have a WhatsApp group and it's called Big Bear Doing Thangs. Not things, <laughs> thangs. <laughs> yeah, doing thangs. Summit, over to you. Um. What was the very first album cover you did? You mentioned it was like, you know, Xerox machine, but what was the, and kind of pressing up in that way, what was the very first album cover you did? Okay, so that's always an interesting question because a lot of people perceive, again, because of the tip of the iceberg that Pen and Pixel generated these high-end, very flamboyant, outlandish album covers, which we're known for today. But the, the, the foundation of that at the very beginning of Ben and Pixel was, was done by doing little Tejano covers and little Christian covers and, you know, Helvetica type over the top of Johnny Two-Tone playing his guitar. And we developed a system where we could generate 30 to 40 covers a day. And we would pack them onto one press sheet. And remember, it's all economy of scale. So you're paying me $100 to do your album cover. That's fine, times 30, times seven days a week. Jeez. Well, and we'd pack them together. We had templates. You would pick from four different or five different fonts. We'd put those fonts together and we'd send that stuff out by the thousands. That's amazing. And that's how we got the capital up to hire more employees 
And of course, we were also doing hip hop at that time too. So people would come to us and they'd be like, yeah, you know, I know that my last cover was kind of whack. Can you do something about that? And I'm like, well, yes, we can do something a little less whack than last time. And, but that's going to be an extra charge. So that's going to be extra $250. And that's how we kind of built it up. But the ones that were dead serious that came into us for special effects, because they saw what we had done on, on going out like a soldier, um, which was heavy special effects yes. for its time, right? Uh, Willie D, they'd refer back to Willie D's cover. They're like, well, I, I want something like that. And I was like, well, we can, we can do that. One of the first acts to ever come to us was Trinity Garden Cartel. Okay. And that cover for someone that's learning Photoshop and that doesn't know anything about the power of the equipment or the, or the restrictions of the hardware that we are working, learned a great deal on that cover. <laughs> that, um, I saw that I saw that cover on the timeline just a few days ago actually yeah yeah people are still talking about it to this day so so so, so the Willie D cover going like going out like a soldier was that the turning point to that for you guys to be inundated with loads of requests so that was right. the turning point yeah wow okay Absolutely. so what was the album cover with the greatest number of layers the interesting part well I mean there's there's a couple of covers out there that don't look that monumental um I've done covers recently uh, that are in excess of 158 layers, um, which is because I have the time now that I'm semi-retired, I have the time to sit there and put in every single one of your hairs and have the reflection on, of the microphone on your glasses. You know, I mean, this type of detail where you're just like, I don't, what? Until you actually look at it closely, you're like, I don't get it. But as an equation, a visual equation, when I show it to you, you're like, that looks dope. And the reason it does is because of all those tiny, tiny layers. So when you get into the number of layers, probably during the pen and pixel time, it would probably be two live crew. Uh, the one where they have the um, Rolls Royce Corniche limousine with the jacuzzi in the back and all of the people swimming and they're stepping out and they've got, uh, what's it called? It's, uh, let's see. This is one with iced tea in it. See, it was uh, the real one. The real. See, I just yeah. want to point out the flex that Sean just put. He just went, which one is that? No paper. Just turned around, looked at a plaque <laughs> on the wall and went, it's that one. That's the flex. That's what, Sean, I want to be like you when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, and then the influence of Tony Draper. How did oh. you guys meet? Uh, how did he help push the vision? Oh, Tony. Tony was an amazing, Tony's an amazing guy. So... We were generating these types of covers and we'll just bounce from TJ, uh, Trinity Garden Cartel and we're gonna move on to the suave error. So Tony, not only was he extremely generous, but he also had great confidence in us. And he allowed us the ability to experiment on some of his covers. And our working relationship was extremely tight, not just with artwork, but with distribution and printing, and all kinds of other things. And he would come in and we would sit down and we would hash out these covers and he'd be like, give it a shot. And I said, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And we would work countless hours and have the machine crash countless times to try to get these things done. But without Tony, we never would have been able to step up to that next level. Sometimes when you have someone that challenges you and, do, and Tony did it in a very gentle way challenged us to come up higher we did and we thank him to this day for that oh amazing um 
how did you guys approach like the concept of each cover and like what was the most outlandish crazy idea that came to you from an artist well we had we had a, a lot of the artists came in with their ideas and um we simply would either jack them up further or if the idea was weak we would convince them that there were other avenues that we could go especially you know where there was a transition between pen and pixel doing extremely violent and uh, gun related and derogatory work and we made a, a conscious shift as, as well documented to go into something else that would be even more attractive and less confrontational so Artists would come to us, they'd have this idea, and many of the early artists had very, very unique, crazy, intimate ideas of basically what the book for their album was gonna be, the book cover, which is basically what an album cover is. It's to tell what's going to happen in the album, it's to give you that flavor. And uh, we would take that and we would just push it just a little bit further every single time. And eventually we got into this style where we could do that perspective we could have the girls on the cover, we could have the cars on the cover, but we wanted to set it up. So when you looked at the cover, it wasn't just a flash in the pan and then you'd put it back in the, in, in the rack. It's, it's, we developed a technique called spiraling. Okay, and that technique took us years to develop. <laughs> but basically it was to control the eye of the viewer and to make them hold on to the actual CD artwork as long as possible because there was scientific evidence, the longer you held on to the CD, the more apt you were to buy it. Wow. It became possessive. Is that why um, I still look at the uh, Chopper City cover to this day with the bullets coming from the sky? Like that cover is crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy cover. Crazy. And I yeah. believe every word BG says, he was telling the truth. He was running <laughs> with his chopper. I love that guy, love yeah. that guy. And here I, in the States, I mean, as you, as you guys well know, I mean, over in Europe, I mean, I, I did a show out there in, 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 in 2018 with Reebok and I had a chance to meet a lot of French rappers and uh, had a chance to talk with them about, you know, oh, you gangster rappers. And I, and I tried to explain to them, I'm like, gangster rap out here in America is dead serious. When these guys are talking about walking around with AK-47s, they are not joking and they will yeah. use them. Yeah, respect it. Big time. Yeah, respect Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, how did you um, how did you start working with Master P? So the Master P story is is an interesting one. First of all, at at the time that P came, uh, was in our was right before our heyday. We were just working our brains out. So I'm glad I didn't have a family back then because I never would have seen them. Um, so we were working uh, 18 hours a day. And we were living at the office with cots and we had a staff that was just as devoted. So we would bring in food. Uh, we were working on that many covers and we were churning out that much work. When you're churning out that much work and working on that many covers, you don't pay a lot of attention to the politics behind the artists. And we had an artist come in called Trey Eight, and he was a, a squirrely kind of guy and kind of hyper. And he was like, oh, I got this great idea for a cover. And we're like, oh, great, more ideas. And he's like, yeah, it's gonna be right at Pen and Pixels Alley. It's gonna be this ice cream truck, my face in the background and this big explosion. And you're gonna blow the ice cream man apart in a million pieces. I was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. 
let's go out. And so we found a school bus, the ice cream truck actually on that cover. <laughs> school bus. Yes. And we converted it to blue, put ice cream on it. Cause that's the only ice cream truck. We didn't have a time to go out and photograph an ice cream truck. So we used the school bus, which is Oh pro pro. Right. So <laughs> then we had a bunch of models. We have, we had some staff members and we had a bunch of other rappers who they'll model for us for anything. We got them on the cover, photographed them, and then ripped rip their faces apart, had them scream because they're very animated, put the skeleton in, blew it apart. We're like, great, and off that went. Well, about two weeks after the release of that, um, one of my salespeople, one of my head salespeople gets a call from a guy named Percy Miller. And he was, let's just say, agitated. And uh, so she comes in to talk to me, and she's like, so we just got a call from Percy Miller, this Master P guy, he's a big guy, and he's really mad about the Trey 8 cover. And I was like, okay, I'm in the middle of four album covers right now. Just what is it? He wants me to change it. What's going on? He's like, well, he's going to come in and talk with us. And I said, okay, so I'm thinking next week. No, he was in the, in the car, like in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And he so comes in with his whole posse. And oh wow i have a question though yeah did he have on camouflage that day <laughs> you know I'm, I'm trying to think of what he was wearing um it's a great question chris it's a great question yeah, i need no, I, I need i need the camouflage I'm, i've got this picture in my head and if he's not wearing camouflage i'll be glasses, very disappointed the camo, yeah you know it's hard to tell i know that he had a bulletproof a uh, cap on his cap was bulletproof yeah kevlar lined in his cap and he had a he had a vest on underneath. I think it was a basketball jersey that he was wearing, or a or a some sort of sports jersey. And anytime somebody has a vest on, most of my clients had vests on. But anytime when you have a good like level level four level three vest, it's about that thick. So when you hug the guy, I mean, it's like hugging a robot, right? So, mm. like, so I, he walked in and he's already six foot whatever he is five or whatever, and he's got this vest on, and then his posse's behind him. And he's like, yeah, man, I need to speak to Sean. And I was like, oh, hey. And, you know, little me, I walk out, shake hands. He's like, we need to talk, dog. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, come into our VIP room. And uh, Terry Janice, our head salesperson, came in. My brother came in. He's like, we got a problem. And I was like, okay. So he described the whole problem. He's like, well, the album cover was designed by Trey 8. You guys produced it. And it was a diss on me. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, because I'm the ice cream man. And he showed me his albums that he had done at Funky Fat Graphics. And I was like, oh, so he used the, he used the album cover as a weapon against you. He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll tell you what, we'll take out the ice cream truck and we can re-release it. And he's like, I already took care of that problem. But yes, you can do that. And I was like, <laughs> yo, okay. I love Master P. So good. Yeah. And he's yeah, you know, and I was like, it's not a problem. I, you know, obviously after talking with me, you realize you're dealing in pure ignorance. Um, so I was like, yeah, he goes, he goes, he's looking around and he's seeing all these albums on the wall. He's seeing the gold and the platinums. And he's like, he's like, so you guys do this for a living. And I go, yeah, we do all of big boys, cash money, rap a lot, three, six mafia. We do all of that, all Tony Draper. And he's like, well, can you do this for me? And I said, absolutely. So he's like, okay, I got these 12 acts coming up. And we sat down there with him at that same meeting and we sketched out 12 concepts. And he says, 
I'll be back in two weeks with the artists and we'll take care of the photo shoots and we can get this done. And that's how it started. So which artists did you um, do sketches for that day? Oh God, man. Um, I know, I know Silk was on there. I know, I believe, I don't think Mystical was on at that time. We did Silk. I think we did um, maybe Mr. Servon. We did, um, I want to say Skullduggery. Uh -huh. I remember Skullduggery, yep. Yeah, that guy, that guy. That guy's a, a scary guy. I mean, listen, your name is Skullduggery. The, the name itself is scary. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. There were, there were some clients that were highly intimidating. I'm going to go ahead and rank them as one, and he's probably right at the top. Okay. He's, yeah. Wow. All he's right. Intimidating guy, but a nice guy, but just yeah, yeah, yeah. his presence. to be. Yeah. yeah. Just his yeah. presence. Yeah. So, so MP The Last Don at the time, Masterpiece, so-called Last Album Farewell. <laughs> I, I, I read, a, I read a, an interview. No, I watched it, actually, and a diamond was lost. Correct. During Correct. the photo shoot. Yeah. Did the diamond ever get found? Diamond never got found. So we were in, we had two facilities. We had one 5,000 square foot facility, um, uh, obviously in Houston, in this one little like office area park, industrial park. And then we had another 5,000 square foot facility right across the road that had our uh, photo shoot, photo studio, our printing plant and our CD replication plant in it. That's where he went over for the photo shoot. Um, and the reason being is because we had a photo shoot studio in our other plant, but the VIPs, we wanted to maintain security, so they would go to the other plant that very few people knew that we even had a studio in. So we'd bring them over there. He got into his wardrobe. We started shooting all the pictures, and he got his jewelry out of a box, and he was putting on the ring, and it was too, it was not tight enough on his finger. And he was doing a pose, and he brought his hand down, and you can hear that clunk of solid gold, not ding, 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 but more clunk, clunk, clunk. And it fell off in the studio and he picked it up and it was missing a good size diamond. And he's like, I was like, oh, wow. And I said, we can start searching. He goes, dude, I don't have the time. He goes, I have 15 minutes. I go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I was like, I'll tell you what, we'll put it back in in Photoshop. You'll never know it. I said, we'll track that diamond down. And finally he goes, dog, don't worry about that, man. Not, not an issue. Let's do this thing. And that was it. And we swept that place. We did everything, never found it. Yo, can you imagine that that's, you know, that's the kind of wealth you have. Like, imagine you lose a diamond. Now yeah. I ain't got time to look for it. I ain't got time to look for it. I lost 20 pounds one time and I was heated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, heated. Know, you, know, you know, when you're behind the sofa trying to get a five pound or a couple Bro, of pounds. Like, yeah. If I find five pound in my shorts, it's a good day. Yeah. It's a bonus. Yeah. You're like, oh, somebody loves me. Yeah. God, man. So P is very, P's, um, very, very methodical and very business-like. He handles the business like you would handle a business if you had products. So his products were his artists and the image of those artists. And he understood that if the image of the artist or the image of the product was correct, that the marketing aspect would take care of itself. And it did. And that's what made him so incredibly different than almost any other artist. Um, and that, that we appreciated that because when he gave us a deadline, that deadline did not exist in some sort of pluff, fluffy, fluffy cloud. That was a hardcore deadline. And if he needed 12 covers done in four days, 
he needed 12 covers done in four days. And we did whatever it took to make that happen. So we had a good team, really good team. Did, did Snoop ever come in uh, to the office? No, or? I actually went to Snoop. Snoop never came, came to our studio. I shot, I shot the photo shoot for Snoop um, on location. He was doing something at another radio station and they had cleared out a room for us to shoot pictures of him. Um, and I, again, m with many of these A-list artists, so they have a whole management team behind them, they will give you a set amount of time, okay? And they will tell you, you have 15 minutes. And that's usually true. It's 15 minutes regardless. I've dealt with Chris Rock and Oscar De La Hoya and Cher, and it's always 15 minutes. So you get used to when you're, when you're shooting pictures, you have sort of a, plotted out the shots that you need, especially for a pen and pixel piece. I need a hand that does this. I need them to do this. I need their face at this angle. I need this. You, you go through these whole things. And then I would cover myself with what I call B footage, which is just their head. So I'd have them shoot their heads in all angles. So I'd be able to cut their head and use it on a different body if I needed, right? So that's how we would do it. Snoop did the same thing, came in. I popped all the shots I possibly could. He was sitting in a lawn chair. So that cover that you see there, the bottom half where his legs are crossed over, that's a totally different shot. Wow. He did not have a cane in his hand. The cane was completely put in in Photoshop. And it was a lawn, a lawn chair, the type you take to the beach. Yeah. It was a beach chair. You right. know what? You know what? It's made me realize your whole style is no different to sampling a record. Mm. Taking taking different samples, putting them all together to make one composition. You take different elements, right. you manipulate them, and you make one piece of artwork with so many different layers. Pun intended. That's, that's exactly correct. Now, if you look at that, when you see those samplings, you're absolutely correct. You can actually look down at it, and somebody that does it a lot, you can actually look at the music and go. I basically know what this is going to sound like, but that's so true. Exactly. And then when they all come together and they're mastered correctly, beautiful. That's so, that's a great parody. Yep. You mentioned Chris Rock. What do you Chris remember Rock. from that album cover? So Chris did this on the phone. Yeah. So he calls me up. Actually, it was DreamWorks that called us up and they're like, oh, they had seen what we did for Cher, right? So we did this whole share live in Las Vegas thing. And that was just amazing. That was, uh, that was on another level. So, but that was awesome. So they're like, well, we, we did a couple of TV series for DreamWorks as, as well as HBO. And um, DreamWorks HBO gave us a call and said, Chris is interested in that style that you do with the text and that blingy thing. And he wants, he wants a cover like that. So Chris got on the phone with me. Chris, again, total business guy, right? And he's like, okay, so I like to talk to the artist. I'm like, what are you envisioning? He's like, well, you know what? I like those old school microphones. And I said, okay, so those 1930s microphones. And, I, and he goes, um, maybe like a like comedy shop, like comedy laugh stop background. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, he goes, and do that crazy crap that you do with that blinged out type. And I was like, okay, we can handle it. I'll send you a sketch. So I sent him a sketch and I said, I'm gonna send photo instructions to your uh, photographer. And I, I would do that a lot with A-listers as well. So I sketched the whole thing out, photo instructions. I need him shot at this angle, this angle. They sent me everything. It all went spot on, changed out his butt, changed the color of his shirt, changed out his buttons to diamonds. Uh, the hand and the microphone are two separate shots, obviously. And then I went crazy with the type. The type has burled walnut from a Rolls Royce in it. You okay. That yeah. That's so amazing. I, yeah. And then uh, it has marble and then diamonds. And I believe emeralds are also in that one. 
Yeah. Awesome, awesome. You know, we just spoke about Master P. We have to talk about Cash Money. Do you remember first time you met the Hot Boys or Birdman? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so we were in a house at the time. So Pen and Pixel's growth was exponentially, it was 500% a year. So we would bounce from an apartment where we started on a dining room. We expanded out of that dining room into the whole apartment. And it was a big apartment. It was a 2,000 square foot apartment. Then we outgrew that. And then we moved into a house. We were only there for a year. And the reason we had to move is because the parking lot wouldn't hold enough people. Because we had so many clients coming in. Cash money came to our house. And I remember, I remember Slim more than I remember Baby. Because Slim is like six foot five. I, I saw Slim one time in Miami. Um, I was on holiday. It was random. And I just saw this tower emerge from the shadows right i went to mcdonald's with those guys yeah see and here we got the flex the flex the flex he's got that slow motion the way he moves because he's so tall right and i just remember him walking in and i remember seeing baby and baby was obviously more vocal they were both gentlemen they were like yeah so we've been seeing what you've been doing with big boy and i was like oh yeah you know we we did a lot of stuff for big boy records right black menace and and uh, top dog and all this other stuff j dog and and they're like well you know, we want to see what you, you can do for us. And I was like, okay. So they brought it UNLV and we had done like a real junior type cover for UNLV before, but we wanted to jump that up a little bit. And they're like, okay, so we got a couple acts, partners in crime, UNLV, you know, we got these guys. And then that was like the first thing. Then it was like Juvie. And then hot boys didn't come around till, till a little bit later. If I, if, if I remember correctly. Um, but then when they brought their client, their, 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 um, their acts in, I remember seeing juvenile and this was a kid, man, he's 13 years old. And he came in, I was like, is that your son? And he's like, no, 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 man. That's little Wayne. I go, okay. All right. So little Wayne, Juvie, Turk, um, BG, they were all young, really young. But I just remember one thing about, about little Wayne. That guy, he was dead serious. I mean, he would carry around a book of lyrics and he was absolutely constantly devoted to writing stuff down. I mean, almost like a study bug. And he would continuously write in this book. And I was like, that guy's serious, man. And uh, he had sort of a different approach to everything. They were all good guys, young um, and energetic. And they would just crack up. I mean, we did a, we did a hell of a lot of laughing. Let me tell yeah, you. I can I can imagine. You mentioned UNLV though. Um, they have a song, "Drag Them in the River." So I want to ask you, as someone who was who was there, um, did the the I'm going to call it competitive tension. Did the competitive tension between No Limit and Cash Money ever hinder business? So was it was like, oh, you know, baby's coming here today, P might have to fall back a couple of hours or did it make anything uncomfortable at any occasion? You know, we never felt it. We, we knew that there was some out there, but we never felt that. And we did have, we did have situations where both of them were at pen and pixel at the same time. And they were cordial. They were gentlemen, everything. And, you know, obviously, you know, these people do not travel alone. So they have posses that travel with them and they have security details that travel with them. So that's the outside parking lot was more of a concern than inside pen and pixel. It was sort of a sanctuary and sort of a neutral territory for all people. Okay. 
The parking lot also, we never had altercations. We never had altercation at Penn and Pixel. We were in business for 11 and a half years dealing with some very hardcore Master P and Baby. Those guys were cool. We had some other acts that were more local that were not so cool, um, but we never had a problem. Never. Which is good. Safe yeah. place to work. <laughs> <laughs> I um I want to ask you something. It's more about the music side of okay. things. So in London, okay, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Growing up, I like I didn't like No Limit. I just didn't the music. It wasn't lyrical enough for me. Okay, but I loved Cash Money. Um, and as I've grown older, I appreciate the Southern sound even more. But one thing I've, I'm very cognizant of is that there's a there was a lot of criticism towards Southern acts about the perceived quality of the music. Mm -hmm. What do you particularly feel about Southern hip hop music and what are some of your favorite Southern hip hop albums? I, I have a, I have a tendency to like uh, a lot of the cash money stuff. Uh, Cause I My know Manny, Manny fresh. I mean, you, first of all, when you meet the guy, Manny is not like anything you can imagine. He is, he is very funny extremely talented he's almost prodigy type talent um he can he can work off the cuff or he can work in production and he already knows what it's going to sound like before he starts right so anyone that has that much experience that they can look at something or they can hear they can hear your rap he already knows what the lick is going to be he's like all right i got it i got it i got it, got it. almost almost like a dj screw where he can look at something and go oh you just wait until I get a hold of this. And he knows it's going to be a hit. And with Manny and Manny doing what he did, oh, he set them apart. From the first three bars of a Cash Money song, you knew it was Cash Money. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember hearing her for the first time on UK radio and I loved it. And I'm like, but why do I love this song? Like I couldn't come up with an explanation as to why. And it's only when I watched Hip Hop Evolution a few months ago and Manny Fresh was on it. And he right. basically said, we took bounce music and incorporated it into hip hop. Like I didn't know what bounce music was. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's why. Yeah. So yeah. Manny Fresh is, is controversial. And I say this, Manny Fresh is in my top 15 producers of all time. I love, I love him. He's, a, he's amazing. We, we want to get him on this pod. We've got to talk to Manny. He has got some stories and he is a just genuinely funny guy. Yeah, we need a we need a Manny a Manny Fresh intro for the podcast. Just let him talk. Yeah, he can just take the whole situation. You know, somebody's getting upset with somebody else. You bring Manny Fresh in, and he just look at you, and you'll be like, you just start laughing. You're like, I can't. I can imagine. I can imagine. Summit. Um, this is something because obviously, Pen and Pixel, where you guys based, the work you did. I was really interested to know, was there any interest from regions? I know you did stuff with the Buckwild um, and uh, people from the East, but were there right. any interest from other regions outside the South for your unique style of work? In the sense of, uh, you know, geographical regions? Is Ge that what you're geographical about? regions, yeah. any artists that, you know, and, and, you know, some that, say, for example, Jay-Z wanted to do something, never kind of, he was interested, but then it came off. Did any, were there any of those kind of examples as well where... Yeah, none, none of the major, uh, you know, the major A-listers that, that we did were probably more from California, you know, E-40, um, you know, Stick With It Records, that kind of stuff. We did Spice One, um, uh, Razkaz. We did a, we did a couple of things for them. Um, hold, hold that thought. Which cover did you do for Razkaz? Oh, 
I can't remember. I it need was, to look this up. We had him on the we had him on the we pod a few weeks him, ago. We had him a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he did. I did a cover for Ascas. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't have his face on it. It was just text. It was like, I, if I remember correctly, mind you, it's nineteen thousand covers ago. So I believe it was a bluish type cover that had like some kind of text. I can I have the archives. I'll dig that up for you. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. So so E forty came, came came to us and we pushed that one to the limit with Hall of Game, right? And uh, that's another one of those covers. You got to look at it. You got to look at it close because it'll it'll slip by you, right? All those frames, you know, that was shot like in the, the background was like some French provincial, you know, uh, castle. And then the frames, the gilded Baroque frames, each had a episode of his life in it that dictated, you know, what what it was to to be him. And then the text was melting glass coming out of the ceiling skylight. Again, just trying to push that and stopping people and having them, you know, take a look and say, wow, what the heck, right? So um, a lot of the A-listers though, they already were signed to major labels and breaking into a major label with external artwork was always a hurdle we were always trying to bust. And it would really only happen if the artist was 100% behind it and said, no, you guys are not gonna throw out a whack cover for my cover, my cover is going to be done at pen and pixel, and and we did that. So um, and it was tough. I mean, don't get me wrong; there were some tough tough times that were battling back and forth. But if the artist was insistent, it would it would happen. And the, and most of those record companies were actually very pleased because we were uh, very organized and we knew what formats they needed it in. We knew when they needed it, and we always met those deadlines. So that was that was kind of a critical thing for us. Okay. So, round of amends. Um, which cover took the most back and forth to get finished? Oh yeah, well there, yeah. I mean, there were there were covers that we had sketched out, and this still happens to this day, where we had sketched these covers out, um, and now we do a uh, UPS guy, and now we do even more than that. So we'll sketch those covers out, pencil wise, and then send it to you. You agree on what that is, and then we'll ink them in. And then what we do now is we do a photo breakout. So we'll actually take that sketch. We'll have arrows coming off it. And I will show you the mansion that's going to be there. I will show you which image of your face is going to go in the background. I'll show you the Rolls Royce that's going to go here. It's the actual stock art that's going to go into that piece. So it's a deconstructed pizza. So all we have to do now is put it together. I have put covers together for people to that level, expensive covers, and then having them come back and go, yeah, you know what? I'm changing all that. <laughs> hmm. What, Frust what frustrating. pepperoni pizza didn't you understand when I showed you the pepperoni on it? No, you don't want pepperoni now. So you start again, right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. A little frustrating. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I can I can imagine. But you know, speaking speaking as an artist as well, I know what it's like when you may have one idea and and things change and you you're like you've gone in a different creative direction but i always think about the person doing the, the creative work on the other hand and it's like okay listen i need to change this but this person's gonna be really really pissed off <laughs> and you have to take that risk sometimes right? yeah, yeah 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 and on the other hand sometimes you go along with something not to offend the person and it's not really what you want so it's a very fine line to tread and i get totally it. get it i yep. totally get it you know where i'm coming from yep yeah i totally get it you lose a little heart, you know, you, mm. you'll, uh, you know, but then with some of these guys, they would literally tell me, 
no, you need to take out the blue Chevrolet. And I was like, ignorant. Well, why, why would I need to take out that blue Chevrolet? And you need to take out the blue girl with the blue dress on. I'm like, uh, why? Message received. I get, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. I go, what gotcha. if I just change it to red? They're like, yeah, that, that, that's dope dog. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I've realized in recent years, the influence of pen and pixel. Um, even after you closed, there were a few artists that really, I would say took your style. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Um, I saw a Beat Nuts cover, Let's Get Dough. That was done in uh, pen and pixel style. Sean P, Sean Price, rest in peace. Uh -huh. He did the Master P. Right. It was the pen and pixel style. There was even a wrestler, and I don't know if this came across your radar, Cody Rhodes. Um, he's the son of Dusty Rhodes. Okay. So I'll send this to you afterwards. He had a pen and pixel style t-shirt. It had Cody in diamonds. Oh. Um, and he was selling it. Now, he he's the co-owner of the second biggest wrestling company in the u.s wow right and he's the son of dusty Rhodes. you know i'm sure you yeah, know dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah yeah of course I, yeah. i'm sure you know how does it feel when you see your your work can influence but yet they haven't come to the source to get yeah, the that, source yeah that i'll tell you uh nike did a series of t-shirts um uh, a couple of years ago and it was another gentleman that took the style of pen and pixel, but they used the name pen and pixel. And in fact, they're still out there now. They're called pen and pixel tees. And they went to another source. They did not come to me. And I was, I was kind of disappointed in that, you know, and it's, and it's not for the money aspect is if you're going to put pen and pixels name on something, please make sure that the quality and make sure that we did it. You know, they have a quality standard, right? And that, that I think probably bothers me more than, more than anything else is, is the least they could have done is talk to me. We could have worked out a deal. You know, I work out merchandising deals with people all the time. I did one for SSURS with the uh, gorillas in the midst. You've seen that one, that's a pen and pixel cover, but they bought out the rights. They, we sketched it out, not a problem at all. Sold the artwork clean and free and they sold tons and tons of t-shirts. And I was like, that's fine, that's, that's the agreement. Um, but when people take the artwork and I see a lot of this out there where people will take, you know, a $2 t-shirt, they take one of my covers, they put the cover on there and now it's a $25 t-shirt. And I, I didn't, not only did my artists not get any of the money, I didn't get any money. Right. I'm like, that, it's, it's theft. It's in my yeah. opinion, theft. no matter how you look at it, it's theft. So, but you can chase that all day long and believe me, I done a lot of legal chasing and it just it's exhausting <laughs> yeah i can imagine i can imagine but i still do stuff now uh i get i get commissioned to do stuff uh probably one or two covers a month um and some of those covers i do some of those covers i don't um but uh, i still i still do the stuff now but i just take i take my time doing it now and i okay. think the quality is just from where i was before to where i am now it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Sticking, I'm not going to say sticking. I, I, I watched an interview where you said the closure of Pen and Pixel. Yes. It was a traumatic time. It was. For you. Um, How have you come to terms with the closure of Pen and Pixel in its original form 20, 20 years later? Like, what kind of memories do you have when you look back? Well, so Pen and Pixel, I mean, obviously when you when you have as many people working with you as we did, and it takes you that long to get those right people, right? So having 27 people working for you means you probably had a hundred working for you at one time. 
meaning going through those people and finding the right people to fit into the company and that were trained and cross-trained because that was a big process of how we kept Pen and Pixel running. And then having those people one by one having to say, listen, we gave them as much warning as possible. After 9-11, things dramatically changed. That was just a huge drop. So we told people at that time, we're like, listen, you guys need to start getting your resumes ready. You need to start getting ready to go off other places while we're still, still a little bit hot. You got some great skills. And we started getting rid of people and getting rid of people. That was painful enough. We got down to the core operating uh, staff, which consisted about seven or eight people, which were those that were started, we started with. And then we started telling them, listen, it's, it's time for you to also get going. But the most memorable time was when there was no one left. And I had to walk into two 5,000 square foot facilities and a sledgehammer in hand and break apart furniture and throw it into a dumpster the size of a semi-truck. Grabbing all of those job folders with all of the CDs and throwing them into a dumpster. All of the posters that we had printed, throwing it into a dumpster. The electric chair that we had built for Hot Boys, breaking it apart and throwing it into a dumpster. It was just heartbreaking because we had put so much into it and it was over. Right. So mm. I feel it. That, I would have bought that. But if I had a chance to do it again, I think I'd do it a little smarter, uh, but I'd certainly do it again. It, it was a it was a great experience. I never thought to this day that people would even remember us. So this is a blessing. I'm going to be real with you, Sean. I would have bought that electric chair. <laughs> well, ask <laughs> me now. They're like, listen, we have the electric chair. <laughs> yo, yo, I want the chair. <laughs> Yeah, I want the chair. Now that's that's that. But your impact is. Um, it's interesting you say that, but your impact certainly has 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 gone a long way. And if we take it back to now or most recently, right? Um, Twenty One Savage, Metro Booming, Savage Mode Two. I mean, that's. I'm pretty sure it went number one over there in the in the states because I saw it yeah, everywhere. It's, it, it's number one over here. Right, yeah. right. So how did that come about? And how did it, how, kind of how did it feel? Did you get that same juice? Did, you know, I know you say that you you take your time now, but how did it feel to do kind of a hip hop cover in that vein where it's almost they want to pay homage and ode to the classic? Right. So I, I, I um, Twenty One Savage as and Metro Boomin both are major fans of Ben and Pixel. So he had a birthday party a couple of months ago, and he had his his team contact me. Um, to do some artwork for that birthday party. So I generated some artwork for that birthday party, sent him over the files. It was a last minute sort of thing, but he loved it. And that sort of kept the iron warm. And um, about, I guess about three to four months ago, um, I, I got a call from um, his team and they said, we were interested in doing a cover with you for, the, for his, for his uh, uh, Metro Savage uh, uh, is going to be, you know, mode two. And I was like, okay, so, all right, what are you guys thinking? I talked with one of his people and we started doing some sketches, sketched out just exactly the way I described it. So the primary sketch, that was approved. Secondary sketch inked in, all the details approved. Photo breakout. And this cover, the, the cover that you see out there has elements of the original cover. Right. That's not a full pen and pixel production. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Got you. Right. So elements, the full cover was done and done to the specifics that were indicated. And um, the team came back and said, we want to make these major changes. However, the deadline was the 17th and they came back to me on the 16th. And I was like, but I got it done on the 14th because you had a major deadline for release on the 17th. They're like, yeah, well, we want to make these major changes. And I was like, wow, that is shocking to me after going through all of these details. And I said, well, my heart is not in that. I said, I can certainly do that for you. I said, I'll send you a new invoice and we can, we can move on to what your changes are going to be. And I never heard from them again. And I delivered my deliverables to them and I never heard from them again. And then the next time I see the cover come out, I'm like, wow. So that's it. Oh, wow. I, I feel a way. That's that. No, I do. I do. That's not right. Nah. You can't move like that. I feel yeah. a way. That's yeah. terrible. Because yeah. here, here I am, Sean, right? So yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I come up with the bright idea. I say, Summit, we yeah. should speak to Pen and Pixel. Yeah. He's like, great idea. Then the 21 Savage um, cover came out. So there's me thinking I'm black Jesus. I said, look at my timing. <laughs> look at my timing. Oh. Come on. And then you tell me this. Yeah. 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 I'm really sorry. I'm I've, I've, yeah. like, I'm really yeah. sorry to hear that. That's terrible. Yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked to see it come out. Um, obviously. And I was shocked to see that there, had, there were that many changes done to the cover. And uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Ben and Pixel does not sell layered files. Just like your music, when you guys do the music and you master it and you flatten it down, that's it. You don't sell this track separately. I don't sell layered files. So the unfortunate part is they had to go back and dissect the covers that I gave them to create that cover. And that was, I know it was a pain for them, but had I known that they were gonna do that, I mean, I could have said, listen, hey, Come on, all right. But the time frame was so compressed, and um, yeah, it was. It didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. So, and that is not that is not the real pen and pixel cover that was designed. So sorry to hear that, Sean. Yeah, it's all right. So, so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I have a question though. Apart from this, who still owes you money? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Money, money collections is is one of those things we didn't really have problems with you know okay. so you, you uh, had the juice like that people paid you on time i like that sean yeah, Go on. yeah we, Go never, on. We, we never got into a situation where somebody owed us money we we had a, a pretty heavy duty collection uh department and obviously when you're holding someone's artwork for their release that they put a quarter million dollars into right and if they run into problems like that, we're like, well, we would love to release the album artwork, but there's going to be a lien on it if it's not paid. And the first people are going to get paid when it goes onto the market are going to be us. If a distributor is going to handle it with a lien on it. So we never, I don't think we ever ran into that problem. Dope. I know. You, you know, you know, you are an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yes. You are. You're right. Yeah, you getting paid on time and getting paid early. I got paid early one time. I couldn't believe it. I wanted to send the money it. back. You know, because just because, you know, there's always this um, 
there's always a stigma, uh, especially IS on cash money. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's let's just say what we want to say. So right, let's just say what we say. A lot of <laughs> a lot of artists. If, 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 Birdman, if Birdman comes, he's coming for you because you said it. No, not me. Listen, listen, listen. Baby has been. Uh, I, I I interviewed him one time, and, and he was a gentleman. He was an absolute gentleman. So I, I won't say anything disparaging of him. I'm just saying it's alleged that a lot of <laughs> cash money artists would not get paid. I've spoken to said cash money artists who have said to me they have not got paid, but Sean did not have that problem, which is amazing. Good. Good job. Never had a problem. My, Good my, job. Brother, my brother, Aaron, I mean, he set up the business structure of this company and he ran this and I learned so much from him because he definitely knows what, <laughs> what, mm. what time it is when it comes to setting up a business. And we had business policies. We had, we had a, a policy manual. We had set way of doing things and that was it. We had contracts and those contracts had to be fulfilled. And that's the way it ran. No matter if you were a once a once once in a lifetime Johnny that came in and you know collected yourself up a thousand dollars, we're gonna release an album, or you were cash money or no limit. We had contracts with all those guys. And uh, and I think I think by Pen and Pixel kind of going above and beyond for these guys, I think that sort of you know solidified that we're all in this together. And if you succeed we succeed and they understood it real fast and and it seemed to work for us we never had any issues like that okay so let's let's just let's just run through some of our favorite yeah, pen and pixel covers let's let's let's, let's just do it summit do you want to kick it off all right i'm gonna i'll leave just, the juvie one i'll leave the juvie one just throw some you. names out there <sighs> okay. i remember them <laughs> i'm, I'm right, gonna start um, i mentioned it before i mentioned on, it before on, on, um chopper city the original one, because okay. the bullet's falling from the sky. Again, right. I believe BG, every word. I love 400 Degrees. That's my favorite, no, is that my favorite sub? That's my favorite Cash Money album. Yeah. Full stop. Um, ESG, Sail in the South. Okay. This man had a, is it a Cadillac? Correct. On the water. Correct. Madness. Yeah. Um, what else do I like? What else do I like? I, I, I like Teller, peace of mind. It's just simple. Swaggy. It's swaggy. It's, sw- it's simple. It's, it's like less is more in that in that respect. It's like the light coming from the from the ground. Mm-hmm. It's his name in, in the, I think it's uh, engraved in the floor. And his, and his finger, his pose. That pose with his two fingers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was my kitchen chair. No. Yeah. For real? Kitchen chair. Yep. And I laid down and I photographed it up there. And then the rest of the stuff's all special effects. And ESG sailing the south, he had the Cadillac. I got a ladder and climbed up on the roof of my garage and photographed him from that angle. That was the only way I could get that angle. <laughs> you are no, you know what? You're it's a madman. It's a madman. It makes me it makes me really appreciate what you went through for your artists. And yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's celebrated enough. Like me personally, if I want some artwork and I see a man go up on a ladder, <laughs> take my artwork, I say, first of all. If you fall off, I can't help you. Secondly, I appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? I really appreciate it. You need to do a pen and pixel book. Yeah. We're, we're in the process of that. Good. Listen, yeah. I will pay. I want that for my coffee table. Okay. That's, and that's, that's our ambition is to make it a coffee table book. We're going to plan on doing it as a, as a coffee table book. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to put a magnifying glass in it. You would Oof. take out. Because the reflections, Yo, is, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, the full page, at the full page art, and you'd be able to sit there with a magnifying glass and look at Yo. all the things you never saw on a CD cover. Yeah, that's my ambition. Oh man, that's an that's an incredible idea. Yeah, is that fun, right? Yeah, yeah. 
covers like though. I'm gonna go back to C Murder. No, right? not C C Murder Life or Death. That's a good cover. Yeah, great cover. Um, Did you notice what he's sitting in? Did you guys notice what he's sitting in? It's like um, it's like is it? It's an electric chair. Gravestones. He's sitting in gravestones. And he's got the bird on 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 to to the and then the snake that comes around his leg, and these the snake is underneath in a puddle of blood, but those are actual gravestones from a real head gravestone markers. You went, you went, you you guys went really deep and spiritual with that one, innit? We went we went crazy. Yeah. Jeez, but yeah. you know what? It's there's so there's so many man. I was, um the M M J G one. Were they in real spacesuits or was that like photoshopped? No, that was Photoshop. So those were those were astronaut space, and that was an interesting one because again, Tony Draper, he's like, "Go for it." I was like, "All right, they're going to be upside down." You're aware of that? I'm putting one of these guys in an album cover upside down. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, go for it, sure." So we did. We grabbed the whole thing, and they're just headshots. They're just headshots. Popped them in there. Did Photoshop Photoshop special effects around them. Got that lens flare, and then put the title in the middle of the CD. Right. I mean, this is different. I wanted to yeah. be able to do. Yeah. And they and that again, because it's because it's so different. It's so iconic. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely. Right? What is the um, what's the album where the guys were parachuting on the on the bra? OK, Fiends? that's Sex Fiends. Sex Fiends. That's right. Mad. Okay. Mad. Leather bra, man. And I actually don't have that in the archive. We had we had, we had the archive transferred over to a large like six terabyte archive because remember all of the stuff for us the early work was backed up on dats digital audio tape yep then we went to cd and we would back up every day onto these cds so we had hundreds of pounds of cds which had to be gone through and put onto one large hard drive we had some corrupted dats and that early work some of that work got corrupted so unfortunately with sex fiends the actual master file for Sex Fiends is corrupted. I only have a black and white version, but that so, was awesome. So you're gonna, oh my God, you're not gonna be able to put that in the book? I'll put a black and white version in the book. Oh. So the, the bra was actually worn by one of our employees. Those are <laughs> real assets. So she had a little <laughs> bra with spikes on. I was like, I'm not gonna ask any more questions. Could you bring that in tomorrow? We're gonna do a photo shoot for an album. She's like, sure. Amazing. This is this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. So I have the, the DJ Screw. There's a there's a DJ Screw one. Which one? It's um, as the world turns slow. As the world turns slow. Which what does that have on that again? My mind's gone blank. My mind. I, I have to find it. It's got the. Is it the screw through the world? I think yeah. It's just, yes. It's the screw, screw through the world. Through. Yes, correct, correct. Because I remember because it, it reminds me of um, uh, Sergeant Black. The one where he's got the he's got the world he's like he's got he's got like a chain over his shoulder and he's got right. the world and he's dragging, and a... dragging it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then point blank mad at the world where it's like breaking the world apart that was an early cover oh i look at that now and i just cringe you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> i know i know we got we got um we've we've got one last question for you sean right um it's going to rely on your creative expertise okay on the spot so, too so you've been you've been talking to us for an hour Okay. Black and brown kid, UK, London. We love pen and pixel. We're hip hop okay. heads. We like to have fun. Now okay. we've just walked into your office. Okay. And we say, listen, we need a breaking atoms pen and pixel cover. We don't really know what we want to do. It's all up to you. 
we need you right now to give us an early draft sketch idea not literal sketch but a sketch idea what would the breaking atoms pen and pixel cover look like go and you're from you're from england yep. yes sir so breaking atoms so you, could, you could take that whole breaking atoms thing play with the nuclear fusion the whole thing like that maybe play something about uh some sort of nuclear explosion, maybe having things fly out of that nuclear explosion, like like different acts that you guys do. Have the microphones maybe circulating around an around an atom, Yo. spinning like that. Um, something to so, that effect. Yeah, I'm I'm Jamaican, okay. and my co-host he's he's from India, so we need our cultures in there too. Can I have um, an exploding piece of planting? Sure, of flying of curry. Oh, you the more list you guys put on that pizza the more tasty it's going to be. So the True. more ideas that come from the artist, the more we'll incorporate it in there. We can make it, and, and it depends on the flavor. If you want it to be hardcore serious or you want it to be engaging and whimsical, we can do it. It all depends on your flavor, right? I, I actually want to get this done now, you know what I mean? Because yeah, we, are, we are, both of us, we have our serious moments, but when it comes to this we are just fun we just want to have jokes because we just want to celebrate and have fun with everything right right um, and we have different tastes so we might like different shows but we like different sports um our rap our hip-hop kind of i would say our hip-hop my taste is, is superior no, it's my, my, my taste is superior but go ahead no, your taste <laughs> is superior i didn't say that you know he uh, sean he's the actual factual right so he's yeah. he has the actual facts um, he, Chris will know more about the underground uh, bubbling artists and I will know more about the commercial but dip in here and there so right, I'm, right. Uh, he, Chris, is, Chris is the guy who's he's got his ear to the ground when it comes to musicians and acts, producers I'm the one who I know a little bit but actually I'll listen to Metro Boomin 21 Savage, Chris may not listen to that not, after the, to not after the story we got today, I'm not listening to that no no no, I'm not listening to that, neither am I neither am I, the, I'm the, cool I, I listened I, I listen to the stuff for, for Metro and I, there was some pretty tight stuff on there. There's no doubt about it. No, he's he's and an amazing producer. Yeah, oh. yeah. No, I I heard the 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 Twenty One Savage Metro Boomin project came out. I heard it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um. It's just it, I'm I don't like how when people move like that. It just puts a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and and, and they have a high quality of production. And yeah. and I guess that that was that's what got me. It was like, well, I know that they they do have. I saw some of the videos that they had before for for Twenty One Savage. Oh. God, just iconic, iconically beautifully shot. Um, and I knew that that was the level that they wanted. And I thought that I was delivering that level. However, they had something else in mind. So, Chris, man, can you imagine the globe, right? An atom breaking the globe with a microphone wrapping around it. Listen, that is incredible. I mean, we got, we got, we got Sean's details, man. We might have to just dip into the, um, you know, you, no, the couch. Remember the couch we were talking about before? The I got that Master P money. So I'm going to go look at my couch right now because I need this cover done and we need the diamonds. <laughs> Gotta have the diamonds. After, after this, uh, I'm going to go speak to my wife, mm -hmm. kiss my baby and tell, say, her, tell her you'll be homeless for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say we have to remortgage the house. Tell one of the kids, they're always a good market out there. Go ahead. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> now, Sean, this has been incredible. We've uh, really, really enjoyed speaking to you. And you've given us, as Thank fans, you. you've given us so much. They've, we've learned so much, actually, from speaking to you as well. So we awesome. really, Thank really you. appreciate Thank your you. time. Thank you for taking the time to get the story. That's, that's, that's awesome of you guys. Yeah.
Absolutely. You take care. Thank you so much. We'll definitely be in touch. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Not for the cover. Forget the cover. We ain't got that money. But we just want to salute you and celebrate you. And you're welcome on this podcast. We'll help you anything you need. We love you. We respect you. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the impact. Keep doing it. And I really do hope you and Cash Money make another album cover and Master P and everyone. Like, I I want to see that just for the culture again. Yeah, Yeah. me too. if you guys want to, if you guys want to check out some of my uh, newer work, you can go to that website. Uh, yep. It's www.smartfacemedia.com. And you'll we'll put, some- we'll put in the show notes as well. Okay. Brilliant. Awesome. Cheers, Sean. Thank you, Sean. You. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Okay. Well, there you go. That's. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say. It's one of my favorite episodes I've done in recent times. You know. I agree. I agree. Um, I really appreciate actually how he explained the science yes. behind capturing attention yep. and making people hold CDs and or hold product in their hand and how we how we kind of correlated the longer you hold something, the more likely you are to buy it. Yes. That to me, I think it just showed on one hand, yeah, it's you know, it's diamonds, it's bling and it's it's explosions and whatnot. But there's some serious science going on in the background and in terms of consumer behavior, actually. Yeah. Um, and data, some, data yeah. to back up. And this is, you know, we do it now, right? Yeah, What's absolutely. The saying? They were doing, listen, these guys are artists, man. Yeah, I really, I really, I really enjoyed that chat. And it's always good for me and us as hosts, actually, like when we learn something from the people we speak to, it's not just about hearing ourselves talk. Um, and it's not just about, say, oh, we spoke to this person. Um it's about adding value to lives at the end of the day. And I feel, I feel like I really learned something today. No, I did. I know. I, I definitely did. I just, it's very apparent that they cared. Yes. They really cared about each in like it was, this was, the, you know, he mentioned it about quality, you know, people are ripping off with t-shirts and things like that, but it's about the st- there's quality in it. They really cared. They took great pride in all the work they did. And so their impact is a, as a result of that hard work, that dedication. They weren't just flinging things out for the sake of it. They were going, no, no, no. We've got, we we have an, a brand to uphold. And you can just see he he really cares. And, yeah, you know, that, it, again, it's a bit of a sour moment with the, the 21 Savage thing, but that's just poor. Yeah. It's, it's poor from, from He's um He's the Dame Dash of artwork. He cares about his artists. Yeah, and fights for them. Yeah, there you go. And I think, and I think, like as artists like Metro or Savage and and that team, they should respect that because you know they're artists themselves. Imagine if someone did that to them for a beat or for for one of their verses. So, um, no, I listen. I'd love to have him back on again. I'm sure we'll have him back on again for a return. That was a great episode. And I'm getting that book dead serious. Actually, when that book comes out, you buy it for me as a, a, a a token of your appreciation of my actual factualness. <laughs> deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. Uh, as always, you can follow us on social at Break the Atoms. Uh, we're on every podcast platform. Thank you to uh, the new listeners uh, and all listeners. We welcome you back again. You're, I mean, you're here with us. But you're on the journey, right? Yeah. The train journey, the spaceship journey. Oh, you listen, that pen and pixel idea that um, Sean gave us, yo. Yo, listen, with, man. With... Just listen, do me a favor, yeah? Email him. I say, listen, do do us a solid, innit? <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. But listen, thank you everyone for, for your love and support from everywhere around the world. 
And the reviews. And the reviews. Yeah, the reviews are coming in. Yeah, man, we we appreciate every single one of you. Um, And uh, yeah, man, we just can't wait for the next episode, Chris. Come on now. 